0: Welcome to season two of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary, and I'm here to convince my friend Tiege that Melrose Place is a trashy, trashy soap opera, and that's perfectly okay.
1: Uh, I'm Tiege. I'm here to convince my good friend Mary that this show counts as high art for the generations, a time capsule into the future. And the future is now.
0: The future is indeed now. And you know what's great is this is not a recap podcast because we're too busy having all these intellectual debates.
1: Yes, we highly recommend that you pair us with your rewatch of Melrose Place. It will um, enhance the artistic integrity of the show.
0: Mm, I guess that's one way to put it. You know, I can't believe we've made it to season two already. How far along are we in the grand scheme of things?
1: Uh, We're about 11 percent.
0: That seems lower than I would like.
1: (laughs) Well, there's the seven seasons plus the reboot season. Oh god. Uh this season had the lowest number of episodes.
0: I guess that's and, forward to.
1: And we only had 5 special episodes in season 1. So season 2 is going to get longer.
0: Oh boy. Buckle up. Hello and welcome to the Melrose Place cast. Today we're talking about season 2 episode 30, The Devil with the G-string on. I'm Mary.
1: I'm teach Mary, you're supposed to sing it. The devil with the G string. G string on.
0: I wanted to let you have the chance. Oh, thank you. Generosity. It's the holiday season.
1: Speaking of G's.
2: I'm Teach. <laughs>
1: Jesus. It's it's our good it's our good friend Gail.
2: Yay, Gail's here. <laughs> Yay! Oh, thank you for being here, Gail. I am so excited to be back. I you know, I, it goes a few weeks in between these, and I get a little sad because I'm like, I wonder if they don't want me back on their podcast. But then I do get that text, and I'm so excited to catch up on Melrose Place.
1: And oh. here you are, conveniently not the season finale. <laughs>
2: it, it isn't. Um, so, Mary, this yeah. is not. This is nothing against you. And T made it sound that way. But I'm very sad that I don't get to be the guest for the season finale episode this time. Because the season finale is technically 31, and not 30. And that's like, what is going to happen? How am I going to figure out what's happening in season 3, episode 10, if I don't know what happens in season 2, episode 31? Uh, I mean, you could watch the show, Gail. You could watch it, yeah. We haven't gotten to that part of my notes, but my last... Note is, well, Jesus fucking Christ. Maybe I do watch the next episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got one. This is, Mary, this is how we're we're rebuilding the world so that there will be another malware's Place reboot. I one think, Gale at a time.
0: I think <laughs> you just made Teige's heart grow three sizes, Gale. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm I'm happy to do so, and I'm so glad, Teige that you said it's one gale at a time because boy do i have things to talk about with you later about other gales
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay well why don't we get started i have i only have two shots at it this week and let me tell you i am playing for the audience this week
0: oh not like normal
1: no 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 no. (laughs) gail the my two arguments are purely to win your vote at the end
2: i'm i'm excited
1: All right, so here's my first example of high art for the generations. It has to do with everybody's favorite marrying couple, Billy and Allison. They're one week away from getting married. Oh, you could just feel the love between them. And there's a quote, there's a moment where Billy says the quote, why not? It's a tradition. Do you remember that quote? Nope, okay, let me tell you. So (laughs) here's what happened. Uh, For reasons that are beyond explanation, Michael is planning Billy's (laughs) bachelor party. (laughs) Michael Mancini is planning Billy's bachelor party. So I thought about this. Okay, why is this happening? Well, you can't have Jake do it because Jake punched him out. (laughs) That's true. That's true. They're probably worried that if Matt did it, they'd be going to a, I don't know, classical music concert.
0: Oh, he likes that hip hop dance too.
1: He does. He does. is,
2: Is Matt the gay one?
1: Super gay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Great. I, yeah, they never said his name, and I, I just ten weeks go between, and I just. Don't
1: it's know. it's the it's the it's the gay erasure for me, you know. But whatever <laughs> you do, you so they have Michael Mancini <laughs> planning the bachelor party. Allison correctly points out that Michael is just lazy enough to guarantee a great time. And Allison asks, "Are there going to be members of the opposite sex involved? Meaning strippers?" And Billy says, "And this is the quote: Why not?" it's a tradition. And the tradition he's referring to is one of the most um, sexist, anti-female aspects of the marriage culture that America has developed, where one, we take this idea that a man marrying a woman, that the man is, as Michael said later, is a condemned man, (laughs) that he's giving up his life. Allison said several episodes ago when Jake punched Billy, to the end of Billy's freedom, right? So, these bachelor parties are playing to that trope that this is your last chance to have a wild night. To prevent against that, Alison tells Billy, oh my God. She starts getting undressed and she says, I'm seducing you. What does it look like?
2: Okay, <laughs> to be fair to Allison, to give some honor to this woman's name, Billy straight up looked at apparently his fiance. Half naked in front of him and said, "What are you doing?" So <laughs> this is Billy's fault.
1: <laughs> yep, but remember, Allison said we're not gonna have sex before the wedding.
2: Why would Although I remember she, that? I don't.
1: She because you should watch all the episodes, Gail. Anyway, <laughs> Ten weeks so...
2: ago, she walked out yep. of a New York City apartment and said, "Fuck you."
1: <laughs> Billy says, "What are you doing?" Allison says, "Seducing you." What does it look like? And Billy says, "Oh well, if you insist." <laughs> <laughs> and she essentially says she uh in not in the Fox primetime version of this, she says to Billy, She's gonna fuck him so good, he won't want any of those strippers, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So but and then later they go to the strip club, they find Sydney, Michael humiliates Sydney. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Billy gets super drunk and gets dragged back. Fine, fine, fine. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But the high art point, why not? It's a tradition. This is again the most um, diminutive approach to women's agency in the institution of marriage I can imagine it's ladies stay at home I'm gonna go look at uh, I'm gonna go participate in the strip club thing whatever happens at strip clubs have you ever told you my strip club story
2: I truly I <laughs> one of my questions while you were speaking was first am I the audience that you think that you're talking to with this yes. like Yes. Okay, great. Weird vibe. Weird read on me. Um, <laughs> second, I was like, has he been to a strip club? Okay. Like, with ladies?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll get to that in a second, but the, I'll just finish up the argument, the high art point. This, <laughs> the, what I'm is high art. Well, Melrose Place is capturing is how anti-woman the institution of marriage has historically been and how many of those elements continue to stay with us to this day obviously many of them have gone away you don't buy women with goats anymore um but the the, uh, the idea of like
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they would accept I, for me <laughs> i would i would not take the goats but um that that's it just the anti-feminist approach the idea that women are property that uh, a man has a right to kind of get away with one last wild night um, and that it's a tradition. So therefore that makes it okay. Just because things have always been done that way, even if they're problematic, it's what we do. It's a tradition. That's my Our point. But let me tell you my strip club story. This is fun. Are you ready?
2: Yeah, I can't wait.
1: <laughs> Picture it. I'm 21. My sister's getting married to some guy. Isn't it? Well, not some guy, her fiance. Is your
2: hair bleached? It is. Tips it is. Bleached? Blonde,
1: t- blonde tips, blonde tips.
2: Blonde tips. Okay. And-
1: We go to uh, what is highly regarded as the best strip club in the city of Milwaukee because it's outside city limits. If you know what I mean. So I don't understand fully how this all happened because I am fully out to my family at this point in life. But they kept trying to get me to engage with the the strippers in ways that I was very uncomfortable with. Um, They caught me soon after we arrived. I was in the men's room and I was on the phone with my friend Brandon And they heard heard me being like, Brandon, you got got to get me out of here. This is not okay. (laughs) And then my brother took me to a table and I have two brothers. One of them is holding me there, like kind of like engaging with me. And my oldest brother, the one who was a guest five weeks ago, goes and gets a, a, a dancing lady and brings her over and he's waving cash in her face. And he says, I will give you this. I don't know if it was a five, a 10, a 20, whatever. It wasn't a single. I will give you this if you can get him to give it to you, pointing to me. Okay? And I'm very uncomfortable and I'm like cringing up. My hands are like up by my ears as I'm like, I don't want to do this, I want no part in this. And she's like, oh, come on, it's okay. Just give it to me. And I'm like, no, I really don't want to do this. <clears throat> and she's like, no, just fine. Just, just give it to me it it, or whatever. And out of nowhere, I noticed she had the most beautifully done eyeshadow. It was like a crystallized <laughs> blue that faded in color and it caught me. And I said, oh my God, your eyeshadow is really pretty. And just as I was finishing the sentence, her voice drops three octaves and she just yelled, oh, come on, just stick it in my tits. And I screamed, threw my hands up and ran away. And I don't know what happened to that woman.
0: Well, she walked away $5 richer. I don't know that,
1: I didn't do it. Could have been
0: a
2: $2 bill. (laughs)
1: she she had a better chance getting a three dollar bill from me if you know what i mean
2: nope i i don't it's the
1: the expression queer is a three dollar bill
0: oh i don't know that one
1: okay well the gays do christopher please please write uh, (laughs) in and tell us that they should have known that
2: do Do all of the gays (laughs) i I think they do can i text it? Do you
1: have I think a you should. Can yeah, text. yeah. I think you should, and report back. Report back.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna text. I'm gonna text my friend Sam right now and see if he knows this.
1: Okay. In the meantime, Mary, should we move on? Did you have an example of this show being trashy this week?
0: <laughs> I'm still picturing you in a strip club covering your ears.
1: <laughs> at, at at 21. At 21. Later, we I, went downtown. We went downtown Milwaukee. <laughs> and uh a friend from college I saw her there she had been very drunk and I was like oh my god Jamie and she like jumped up wrapped her legs around me and arms like that type of hug and they talked about that all night about how did I how did I make that happen and I was like what are you talking about gross (laughs) they they read it as a sexual scene and I was like no
0: Mm. well they sound like a fun loving bunch of gentlemen
1: you know, my brother-in-law, uh, now ex-brother-in-law, chipped his tooth during the lap dance. So you can just figure out how that went.
2: What That's did hard. you chip it on? There's a lot a of- piercing. During a lap dance. <laughs> like what?
0: what kind of piercing?
1: Mm-hmm, hmm Let's move on. Mary?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm uncomfortable. Uh... <laughs> OK, um, I found something trashy. Uh, I called this Kimberly Becomes Interested in a New DIY project.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, oh. is this the redhead?
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: okay. How dare I'm...
1: you? Okay, Gail, you listen, I get that you only watch ten episodes, but you're gonna have to you're you're no, gonna no, have I to I wrote
2: know. stars about, it said, Is this Kimberly? question mark question mark with stars around it because I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Kimberly, but like I couldn't I couldn't tell. So okay, okay great. Right, I'm yeah. glad. I I can send you pictures of my notes if you if you want me to prove that.
1: I would appreciate that.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> um, so Kimberly's up to a lot, but I'm going to focus on one of her storylines this week. Um, we see a patient come in who says he has a penicillin allergy, uh, and Michael comes over to kind of take over, like he does. And oh, this guy needs an emergency appendectomy, and Kimberly kind of sneaks off with the guy's chart, and there's a big sticker that says drug sensitivity in big red letters it off and we cut back a little later michael's talking to a nurse it's that same nurse from a couple weeks ago when he got the restraining order he's like check this out my wife wants to restrain me <laughs> I like that. anyway uh she's getting ready to check his chart for uh drugs and michael's like you don't need to check the chart this guy's got a fever so just give him what i said because there wasn't a sticker there anymore the nurse is like all right whatever else uh Michael leaves the room, and he puts the like the clipboard back in the door, in the little pocket on the door. And then we see a second later, Kimberly comes trotting up, real sneaky, and she puts the big sticker back on. It's like, ooh, injured. Mm-hmm. And inside, the guy's monitor starts beeping. He's like, code blue. And so Kimberly and Dr. Levin run in. And Levin's like, who the hell ordered a penicillin drug? This patient is allergic to penicillin. And the nurse is like, it was Dr. Mancini. I wanted to check the chart, but he wouldn't let me, which was a great uh levin's like i'm taking this over and he tells kimberly not a word of this to mancini this is my patient now and if he screwed up here he's in big trouble and kimberly goes wouldn't that be a shame hmm. uh, later kimberly uh, levin is looking for michael and he talks to kimberly and uh he's gonna be big trouble but he's not usually this sloppy like he wouldn't give somebody the wrong drugs and kimberly is like oh we all have our bad days and Levin says, you know, it's possible to remove a caution tag and replace it later. And Kim Ruby's like, why would anyone do that? And Levin doesn't know, you know.
1: Yes, he does.
0: <laughs> and he says, you're a very complicated woman, Dr. Shaw. And she says, well, I thank you, Dr. Levin. And she leaves. Later, Levin, at, this is the day after the bachelor party. And Michael is super hungover. He's The actor playing him does a fine job being hungover. He does great work. Uh, he's in trouble. <laughs> He had his chief residency revoked. Uh, Levin wanted to talk to him last night, but apparently Michael had better things to do, like go to a bachelor party. And Michael tries to play his little blackmail card. He's like, "If you don't go in there and set these guys straight, I'll tell them about that hooker you were sleeping with named Ingrid." And uh, Levin's like, "It's too. It's really too late now. And like, you're up for a malpractice case if you don't do what they say." And uh, he said, and Levin is gloating, and he's like, "I love it when someone who's had it coming for a long time." right between the eyes. Later, Kimberly finds Michael in the break room and, oh, she's so sorry about him. Oh, why doesn't she take him home and lick his wounds? I'm like, oh, my God. How these two? Uh, and Michael says a line that made me laugh. He says, unfortunately, not even good sex or good food could cure this melancholy. And I was like, oh, okay, William Shakespeare. This is a weird term. Of phrase.
1: Art, art. See?
0: So weird. Uh, she shows him the check that Jane brought and she's like, hey, why don't we open a joint account with this? And he's like, oh, that's a great... Yeah, I've been meaning to suggest it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last scene, we see Kimberly, and she pulls into this dark parking lot, and there's this tall, mysterious man, and he's like, are you Miss Smith? And she's like, yes. He doesn't like talking over the phone. And he says, so this guy you want to off? he's a doctor? She goes, yeah, $5,000. And the guy's like, I don't know who gave you my number, but a professional hit costs 50000 And Kimberly's like, oh, maybe I can get together 10000 he says, nope for that kind of money, you're better off doing it yourself. And Kimberly gets a look on her face and says, then that's exactly what I'll do. Ooh, it's cooking now. Soap opera. She's going to kill Michael. She's going to try. This was great, but it was super copy.
1: I was concerned about Dr. Levin in this. Like he clearly knows like, look, okay. It's fine to be like, yeah, let Michael get in trouble, but he clearly knows Kimberly almost killed this guy. To get Michael in trouble. And Dr. Levin's like, well, I don't want anyone to know about my cowboy hooker, so...
2: <laughs> um. Okay, I'm glad we brought this up. Who is Dr. Levin? Is he, like, in charge of shit? Yes. Yeah, yeah the Because okay. if he, and apparently everybody at the hospital knows that you can... <laughs> peel off a caution (laughs) sticker and then reapply it from your scrub (laughs) pocket hours later like i feel like the first step to fix that is to get better stickers not just be like well i guess (laughs) michael needs to be fired like
1: maybe maybe give the doctor some adhesive to keep in their bag you know like just their (laughs) own supply
2: how about like a rubber stamp that you can't take off instead maybe that or a pen? There's, I think there are a lot of options, but <laughs> removable stickers uh, it, it, would probably a cling. It was a the... cling.
0: <laughs> Someone needs to go to the office supply store and check out their options.
1: I just, at the end of the day, Levin was comfortable with Kimberly almost, she. they could have killed this guy. They could have killed him. And he's OK <laughs> with that because Michael gets in trouble? No.
2: Okay, but also, on this Dr. Levin, how did he find time to investigate it so thoroughly, so quickly? Like, I mean, I know we're in the course of a show, so it was like a few minutes, but like, it had to have been the same day that he walks up to Kimberly and says, you know, I've almost finished my my investigation. Like, what? Don't you have a job? don't you have other patients? How did you find time to do this? My doctor can't even show up to my appointment on time. Like, (laughs) she's not investigating shit.
0: (laughs) Maybe she is investigating shit. Maybe that's why she (laughs)
2: can't. Maybe that's why she's too busy investigating malpractice suits.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Well, either way, I did not like Dr. Levin just being willing for (laughs) Michael to take the fall when he clearly knows Kimberly put someone's life at risk. (laughs) so that's my that's my final point now i i have space for another argument of high art for the generations but i'd actually like to yield my time to our good friend gail
2: thank you thank you so much um i
1: don't let me down
2: i i don't think i can um uh let me i have two i'm just trying to decide between um my two like favorite art points there was one other like conflict i wanted to talk about i think my art point that i would like to talk about right now is uh does have to do with kimberly it was actually a little before this storyline um and she so Michael gets, you know, the books from Jane, who I'm glad I'd always love Jane. We all know this. I'm a Jane stan. Um You're the she, one. She, <laughs> she gets the books from Jane. Or Michael gets the books from Jane, and Michael's like, I don't know. It's all in red. All <laughs> are we okay?
1: Yeah. Carry on.
2: Okay. <laughs> You're good? Okay. Um All the letters, all the numbers are in red. I guess that she's losing money. But I thought she was doing so well. And Kimberly is like, Let me take a fucking look at this. Because my daddy was a goddamn accountant and I know how to read numbers.
0: Uh, Um if I may interject, as the daughter of an accountant, (laughs) let me assure you that is not hereditary.
1: (laughs) Nope. Nope.
2: It is a weird that was like a very weird comment to be like, It's hereditary. Like it was a stroll. No. Yeah. um, And so she d- apparently doesn't look at the books. I don't know if she does, but she just stomps over to Jane Mancini's fashion design little it shop thing. Phrasing, whatever she, it just is.
1: Walked. she just walked. You didn't have to say stomps. That was sexist. And I think any feminist would agree with me.
0: <laughs> wow. wow.
2: Wow, okay, fine. She she walks delicately or is that sexist as well? I don't, <laughs> she, I don't know. She traipses into Jane's fashion design shop. It's like, whatever. <laughs> she is like, Jane, you fucked with these books. And Jane's like, no, just get out of my shop. I don't want anything to do with you guys. Like Jane like kept her cool. Love Jane. Um, And there was a point that Jane was like, listen, I'll look at it. And if there's an error, I'll get back to you. And Kimberly goes from zero to 150 here and screams, (laughs) this is not an error. This is a deliberate act of deception. (laughs) And then casually walks out. She does not stomp. She does not trip. She does not delicately walk. She just normally walks like a normal human being would that's not feminine or masculine. Is this better for you, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that this was art. I I just do. I don't know if I can really explain <laughs> it. I just I do think that like the look on her face the like absolutely no build up to this amount of anger just deliberate act of deception and then mic drop and leave beautiful art arts the ages.
0: <laughs> uh that, I like that little scene I, I liked it because I think um, the lady who plays Kimberly March across does a good job of like she seems to really have her shit together until she finally like loses it in those moments and I like the reaction chat of the other people at Jane's who were all just like <laughs> uh, what's going on because <laughs> <laughs> it really came out of nowhere. it
2: was a lot it did it was it was beautiful
1: what well, and then she held her head. Because she was she was having pains, and we're supposed to believe. I think what they want us to put together is that Kimberly doesn't like Michael anymore.
2: I did uh, get that at the end.
1: Hence <laughs> the hit job, um, <laughs> and that uh, the the headache pains the the results of the accident have messed with her personality. Like I think it's what was it Christopher Gage, Phineas Gage, who was the guy that took the spear in the head
0: in that the eighteen hundreds. Of- Yes, Gage, you're right. Yeah. That's like some academic decathlon level knowledge. I'm yeah.
2: Impressed. Wow. Art that I think could have been better. Art had the costume designers did a little bit better for this scene. Yes. Um, Hank versus Jake.
0: <laughs> it was
2: only about six seconds long, but if they were a little naky, a lot better. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. What? Yeah. So why okay. They- Okay, to, to, right in, to give a little bit of context. So I don't know who Jake, Hank is. I do know who Jake is at this point. Um, but apparently Hank was dating a wannabe model that Joe is taking care of. A little fuzzy on that. But Hank is in a bar and uh, Jake hates Hank. Um, weird that Jake is overreacting to anything here. Um, so Jake goes to this bar, wow. has a, a soda, And then Hank walks in. And he's like, oh, you Hank? He's like, yeah, who the hell are you? And he's like, my friend Joe was the woman you pushed down the stairs the other night. It's good you left your hotel so quick. And Hank's like, are you a cop? And he's like, no. (laughs) Um, And then uh, uh, Hank is holding his pool cue, right? Um, hasn't started playing yet he apparently just walks into this bar does not get a drink does not fuck around with anything there but grabs a pool cue and he's fucking ready so he already has a pool cue and he like very obviously I think tries to smack Jake in the head with it but Jake uh, you know swerves out of the way and then just pops him right in the nose beautiful love that um, they go at it they are Rolling on one of the pool tables at one point. This again. This is only six or seven seconds long, but they are you know hitting each other. I just wish they were a little nakey. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Hank is only eighteen. That's why he can't have alcohol.
0: But then, how did well, he get the-
1: Well, they had chocolate milk, Mary. I mean, in, oh. in the Melrose Place universe, minors can go to the bar. They just can't drink the alcohol.
0: They can get chocolate milk. That's right. They I sure feel- can.
1: Yep. I.
2: They also, he didn't get anything though.
0: Can I just say how I, more than even the fight scene, which was enjoyable just cause it was kind of dumb. Um, first of all, I made notes about this cause this was one of my favorite scenes. Although I wasn't gonna bring it up. Um, first of all, there's a bar other than shooters What did this happen? We have never gone anywhere other than shooters in almost two complete seasons. I don't think we've ever gone to another bar. I'm like, has this bar been here the whole time? What it reminded me of immediately, and I don't think either of you watch Cheers, but someone who listens to this will watch Cheers and will understand. It's like Gary's Old Town Tavern to Cheers. This is the rival bar to shooters. I want to see more. Um, second, the scene where Jake and Hank are fighting, I love that they use like bonafide Hollywood meat slapper sounds like smack 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 (laughs) Stakes together it was amazing and then when Jake finally knocks him on the floor and like Hank is just laying there I just I laughed and laughed because it was just the weirdest little fight scene I loved every minute of it
1: it's you know what felt artsy about it to me was like okay so yeah this guy literally pushed a pregnant woman down a flight of stairs right like that that happened and Jake thinks I I know what to do What's missing from this situation is me getting in a fight. That's what I'm gonna do. That'll solve anything. And it, ugh.
0: I was also kind of waiting for Jake to like get arrested because I mean, it seems like the bar would have called the cops, and Jake made it sound like, well, the police is on its way to get you. And I'm like, well, they're probably gonna get you too because you just <laughs> brought daylight the, at
1: them. <laughs> a little 18 year old kid, no less. No. 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 I. You know what? Gail wants them naked so
2: it wouldn't have hurt <laughs> L- listen I say a little naked okay I don't no, fair want enough, fair
0: enough.
2: I don't want full frontal here so we could get close
0: that's a different show
2: Well yeah, butt okay. <laughs> yeah we could have <laughs> had some butt <laughs> we could have had some butt
1: <laughs> right now Right now, Mary.
0: Right now? Right now.
1: Copyright. America thirsts for something different when it comes to mid-afternoon courtroom television shows. Oh boy, do we ever. We've all seen Judge Judy, the People's Court, and wherever Judge Wapner came from.
0: Was that the People's Court? It might have been.
1: All of them do the same thing. They take in litigants. Mm -hmm. They hear them out. Mm -hmm. They look for opportunities to yell at trailer trash. And yes, I pre-apologize in advance before anyone tries to cancel me. And then they make a ruling in the interest of fairness. Sure, justice. Fairness? Truth? Justice? The American way? (laughs) Not here in this week's sponsor, premiering this summer... Levin's litigations.
0: Ooh!
1: Mary, aren't you sick of TV judges who just take in the facts presented to them and then make a fake ruling?
0: Yeah, like, what gives with that?
1: Don't you wish someone would consider more?
0: It's about time.
1: For example, even if you know the defendant is innocent, like, genuinely, truly innocent, not Kyle Rittenhouse innocent.
0: <laughs> oh, God. God.
1: <laughs> Again, parody podcast, you can't sue us. (laughs) Even if you know the defendant is innocent, don't you want a TV judge who asks the better questions like, is the innocent person likable enough to get off the hook? (laughs) You know, Dr. Michael Mancini was tricked, tricked Mary into giving penicillin to a patient allergic to penicillin. And Judge Dr. Levin knew that it was his protege, Dr. Shaw who almost killed a patient.
0: Yeah, that wasn't cool.
1: But his ruling was against Michael Mancini, as it should be. hmm
0: hmm
1: Now, Mary, before we get started on the first season of Levin's litigations, let's explore how Judge Dr. Levin would have approached some other cases in our nation's history, shall we?
0: Oh, my goodness, that sounds like a fine idea.
1: Well, take, for example, John Hinckley Jr., who of course shot President Ronald Reagan in 1981 and pled insanity, yeah, and he pled insanity and was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Boo! But now all those other TV judges, they would have focused on Hinckley's mental state. Yeah. But not Judge Dr. Levin. He would have done what we all wanted, a deep dive into whether or not Hinckley was a rude person, deserving of serving the hard time. Damn right. Like, is he Christian and, and not the Mormon kind? Like, real Christian?
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> like an old swing.
1: <laughs> do, do you remember when Mitt Romney had to tell people that even though he's Mormon, he believes in Jesus Christ? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. There's another okay. Romney reference for the kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is he Christian but not the Mormon kind? <laughs> did did he return his library books on time?
0: Probably not.
1: Does he have a diversity bumper sticker on his car? See, Mary, that's what Judge Dr. Levin would have asked about John Hinckley Jr. before determining
0: his fate. These seem like fair questions.
1: Now, of course, what about Lizzie Borden?
0: Oh, that bitch. Well, of course,
1: as we all know, in 1892, she was found alone in her house with no signs of a break-in. Both of her parents in the house dead of an axe murder. She was seen burning her dress in a fire, which she
0: claimed was because she spilled paint on it. That's what you have to do when you spill paint.
1: Burn it. Of course, Lizzie pled not guilty and was found not guilty. But again, the other TV judges, they were just focused on whether or not Lizzie was wielding that axe. Yeah. But not Judge Dr. Levin. He was going to probe deep, get straight to the heart of the matter, just cut right into it. (laughs) Like, what did Lizzie get her mother for Mother's Day?
0: Oh, I bet she forgot. Did she,
1: when she went out to the chicken coop, did she bring back the appropriate number of eggs, say 40 or 41?
0: It depends how many chickens there are. We don't know. Did she cut in line at the market? Oh, I bet she did. She has that look to her. What if she
1: did, she'd go to jail. And if not, she didn't deserve the hard time because she was a nice person. It's all about likability in Levin's litigations. Mm-hmm. I now, wonder of course- how. Oh, go ahead. What, Mary?
0: I wonder how I would do there in his courtroom.
1: You know, we should really think about that. And you know what? You may just find yourself there in an arson case. But of course, there's I- one more. There's one more case we need to discuss, Mary. Okay. Of course, we need to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer.
0: Oh, of course we do. Of course.
1: Yes. yes, he murdered and dismembered 17 men, eating some of them, mostly here in the great city of Milwaukee. Oh. And a regular TV judge would have focused on the hard facts. Like, oh. why are those heads in your acid bin? And <laughs> what's with that meat wrapped in the freezer?
0: <laughs> yeah, true, truly a mystery meat. <laughs>
1: But not Judge Dr. Levin. He nope. would ask the real tea questions. Such as, has Jeffrey Dahmer ever paid it forward by paying for the Starbucks order for the person behind him?
0: I hate that so much. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yes, he mutilated and murdered small animals as a child. But does he recycle? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is what will determine justice on Levin's litigations. Mary, tune in all summer. Every weekday at 3 p.m. only on CBS for Levin's litigations.
0: Oh, my God. I cannot wait to tell my parents about this because this is right in their wheelhouse. You have no idea. And they're very upset because Judge Judy has gone out of syndication and is only available streaming. They can't stream. They're in their mid-70s. They, they didn't can... even know how to use the photo app on their iPhone. They don't even know. They keep My mother keeps her iPhone in a paper envelope because she thinks it keeps it safe. <laughs> It's a real thing in my life, Teague, that I deal with frequently.
1: <laughs> now, how do you how do you think that fact would play on Levin's litigations?
0: The which one?
1: The paper envelope to protect the iPhone is that is that indicative of guilt?
0: <laughs> no, I think I think Levin is about the same age as them by now, so he would probably wholeheartedly approve.
1: And we are back for the second half of season two, episode 30 of the Melrose Place cast. We are discussing the devil with the G-string on I Am Tiege.
2: I'm still Mary. And I'm still Tiege.
1: No, you're Gail. It's Gail, everybody. And we have been having such a good time. um, I'm excited to keep going. Mary, would you like to kick us off with another example of trash from this week's show?
0: Yes, I would. Sydney decides to get a side hustle. Get it? Hustle? <laughs> Hustler? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, wow. I've gone too far. Sydney is not having a good time lately. We see her working at the strip club. Uh, there are girls dancing, but they are not nude, unlike what the sign says. Anyway, uh, Sydney <laughs> in the dressing room, and she's getting her instructions from who I'm just going to call strip club, strip club guy. And he's like, you got to dance to two songs in a row. <laughs> the first song you lose the top the second song the bottom any questions and i was like i hope no one ever has questions because they're very simple instructions pops <laughs> uh, so out behind the from behind the dressing room curtain she's like just one how do i look and strip club guy goes i'll let you know after the second song <laughs> um her costume i would like to talk about for just a second um it's not a bad costume, but it was just weird. It's like she's dressed like Charlie Chaplin if he was a stripper. I'm like, is that mm-hmm, a
2: thing? Mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. got
0: a blazer with, like, tails and, like, a little Charlie Chaplin hat and a bow tie. And I'm like, why didn't you just draw the mustache and, like, really take it all away? But okay. Um, so she goes over by, the like, the curtain to go on stage, and a uh, strip club guy grabs the microphone. He's like, now introducing the body stocking's latest edition, the very pert and lovely... And then he talks to Sydney, What do you want to be called? What's your stage name? And she goes, Jane. <laughs> I laughed so hard, I paused to laugh more. And the guy goes, Just Jane? And she's like, Yeah. And he goes, Gentlemen, I give you the very wild and weird jungle Jane. And I was like, Why did he? Cl-? She's dressed like Charlie Chaplin. I don't <laughs> understand why she called her that. But Sydney goes, Are you
1: complaining her. about the production values at this strip club? <laughs>
0: gonna be honest i, mean, I don't have 1st experience like you do but i could mm. have done a little better uh sydney goes her out-
1: eyeshadow was beautiful like i still remember it it was beautiful yes. it reminded me of sable from wwf
0: oh so many references that make you happy all at once um <laughs> so sydney goes out and she dances and she's a little stiff at first but then she kind of gets into it she starts on buttoning and she shows him her bra and stuff and she's she's having a good time by the end okay later uh, Of course the bachelor party comes to the strip club where Sydney works because it's Los Angeles and there's only one strip club. Uh, Michael is there. He proposes a toast to Billy Campbell, who's about to go where only I have gone before twice now and soon to be three times, which was an amazing toast. Uh, Billy is very drunk. Uh, They're all very drunk. The announcer is like, and now the wild and wacky jungle Jane. And this time her name makes sense because she comes out in a little leopard print, like cat outfit. She's got like a little headband, like cat ears. And so it made sense. So I approved. Uh, she starts dancing. Oh, good! Uh, and Billy is very drunk, but you could tell he recognizes her. And then Sydney whips off her bra and throws it, and of course Michael catches it, and he makes like a ooh face, and he goes Jungle Jane. He runs onto the stage. Sydney runs away and covers herself and goes backstage. And somehow there is no security. He runs right backstage. Yeah. Uh, it was pre nine eleven, Mary. <laughs> it was a different world our strip clubs were safer um uh, michael <laughs> and he, she throws her clothes and she gets fired because she got off stage and he's laughing at her and follows her out into the onto the street she's so mad and she, not enough to see me as a stripper and see me get fired now you're out here to make fun of me he's like oh no you were great you were A real class act here's your tip you earned every penny and he throws her bra on her head as he runs away i'm like wow okay uh our next time we see Sydney, she shows up at a fancy club and she finds the lady who I call Fancy Face because she used to be on Days of Our Lives and that was her nickname. That's not her name on the show, but she's Fancy Face to me. Fancy Face, the madam, Gail. I don't know if you saw Fancy Face before. Uh, Sydney was working as a, a sex worker for Fancy Face for a while. All right. So Sydney wants to get back in with Fancy Face. They had a falling out over a business arrangement we're not going to bother getting into. Uh, she can't get her old job back. Uh She's down on her luck. Can you can you give me another chance, Fancy Face? And Fancy Face is like, oh, you want to go back to the only job you were ever good at, which is not nice, but possibly accurate, from what we know about Sydney. Uh, and she buys her drink, and she says, to the only thing you'll ever get from me, Sydney, that drink. I don't deal in tramps. That's, I mean, that's not a nice thing to say, but I, she's, she's a madam, so I guess that's part of her line of work. Sydney throws the drink at her face. Fancy Face's goons grab her because they have much better security here at this bar than they did at the strip club. Yeah. They- <laughs> And Sydney has, like, a great little moment of a temper tantrum out on the street, which I would, too, if I were Sydney. She's like, someone should kick her ass. I don't deal in tramps. What does that make you, Cinder Frickin' Ella? And i like, ooh, she almost got to say the F word. Just then, a fancy convertible pulls up, and the guy driving it asks Sydney if she needs a ride. And he says, 200 bucks. Though a motel is just around the corner. And she pauses and sighs, and she says, I just want you to know you're getting a hell of a good deal. <laughs> That's like, this is so tragic and sad but god god help her i as much as sydney horrifies me i still i I root for her every week i know it almost never goes well but it's hard to see her keep having these things happen and i was also sad because the last time she thought about uh getting out of the business it was christmas and she had churches she could go into and listen to choirs rehearsing in the middle of the night for no reason and so i feel like this time she was unable to be safe she got
1: Uh, well, this is awkward because I was going to talk about this storyline as high art for the generations.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Um, I, I, I will make my arguments and then, then we'll ask Gail to weigh in. But Gail, I have a question. Did, have you been able to... Did you know the relationship between Michael and Sydney over the last 10 episodes? Did you pick that up?
2: I picked up that there was a relationship. Um...
1: Yeah, yeah, they were fully married. They have been fully married and divorced. Um, He tried to kill her on their honeymoon that Matt saved them from. Uh, After the honeymoon, he then fell in love with her, only to kick her out once Kimberly came back. I really think you should start watching every episode.
2: Mm, I'm really busy.
1: So here is what I would like to point to as the high art for the generations. Uh, Mary, you summarized it at the beginning. You said that that creep guy, I don't know his name, the the guy that owns the strip club. I just wrote him as creep in my notes, said in your first dance, you take off your top on the second one, you take off your bottom. And then Sydney asked, how do I look? And he said, I'll let you know after the second number, essentially, (laughs) once you're naked, I'll tell you how you look. And I thought that was an example of art for the generation because it highlights the way men view women, which is, um, Straight men view women. I should. I want to be a little more particular there. Um, nothing more than a sex object for them to be admired by men, and that that was what was relevant in that scenario. And specifically to say, I'll let you know once I see you naked. I thought was particularly dehumanizing to poor Sydney.
2: That was your art.
1: That was what I thought was the art within that epi- within, within that. Story. Are you?
2: Are you doing okay, Tej? It looks okay. like your art is a little little <laughs> rough this week. My art
1: is all about how men are terrible to women this week.
2: Just this week, though. Just this week. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I've done my best arguing. I think I missed the mark both times, but I'll let it go. Uh, Mary, would you like to to um, cede your final arg- trashy argument to Gail?
0: I would. I want Gail to talk-
1: all right okay
2: i have to to stand up for this because i can't believe this has not been brought up and maybe i'm missing something um but Chaz is great (laughs) this entire storyline um so i i guess i do i have a lot of questions but um my first my literal first note is is joe pregnant with jake's baby D- that uh, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's nope. happening. But, so, Amanda, I guess, is my main thesis for the trash in this episode. Because it starts off, we go in, Joe's up in the hospital. Amanda's mad at Jake for being there. Amanda's just, I don't understand why, but she's mad at Jake for being, for saying, like, I think I want to stay with my friend. Weird. Um, but then Allison is weird to Amanda, and Billy confronts her on the walk out and says, "Like, why were you and Allison weird? As I've dated both of you, I didn't know at this point that they were getting married next week. But as I've dated both of you, I know that there's some tension there. Wanna tell me?" <laughs> so Allison does and says, "Like, hey, I saw Amanda and Chaz kissing yesterday." And Billy's like, no, don't fucking say anything to anybody. Do not s- tell a singer soul because everyone's going to punch everybody. And Jake's going to beat me up and Jake's going to beat you up. It was just like very, a weird reaction from Billy. I was very confused for this. Um, then Amanda goes to work. Amanda looks rough as fuck. She, I don't know who did her hair for this episode. Oh I don't my know if God. she met. We
0: are
1: talking about Heather Locklear.
2: I don't know if they meant to make her look like she had gotten no sleep and rolled <laughs> out of <laughs> I don't even know what, her oven. Like it was just like oh. I don't even know how you I uh, it is not a marketing manager, director, whatever the fuck her job is. Um, I have to
0: agree. Her hair is rough right now. I don't know if it's like growing out a little or some yeah, something's a little off. I agree.
2: It's it's very dry. We could use some conditioner. Um. <laughs> um. I thought at first I thought it was just like for this first scene, but it then it just kept reappearing throughout the entire episode that it just looked like nobody actually combed it. Um. Oh <laughs> I so we're we're at work. Chaz is sitting in Amanda's office. This is the first time I've seen Chaz. I uh. Chaz is sitting in her office and is like, Hey, you know what was good last night? I <laughs> loved it. And Amanda's like, <laughs> I, love
1: the, I love the way you uh, capture Chaz's essence.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was word for word. Uh, <laughs> so Amanda's like, No, Chaz, you're engaged to my mom? And <laughs>
1: is that not normal?
2: <laughs> we shouldn't. We're never gonna speak about this ever again. It was a mistake. Our business is solely professional from now on. You <laughs> hear it, Chaz? Um, and Chaz was like, okay, and didn't mention that Allison saw them, uh, which I thought was weird. Um, fast forward. Chaz is in the conference room with Allison, confronts Allison, and it's like, Listen, you're not going to talk about what you saw yesterday. And Allison's like, Which I think is my favorite quote, What, uh, whatever is going on between you and Amanda, whatever game you and Amanda are playing, it sounds way too weird for me. And Allison's which I just love. She's very upfront. I don't know if I would have been able to say that to somebody who I saw kissing my boss um, slash his fiance's daughter in a conference room. Um, but very bold of Allison and wonderful writing there. Um, Chaz is like, listen, Amanda practically raped me yesterday Ooh. on the spot that you are standing. Which. <laughs> I. I was very taken aback, I have to say. I don't know what happened in the last episode. Um, I don't know if it was rape. If it is, that is not a great, I, not a good thing, obviously. Um, I thought it was a really weird A bold thing stance you're him. taking,
1: Gail. Yeah, a bold stance.
2: <laughs> I am I'm pretty bold in saying that rape is bad. Yes, I know. Um, but he said that to Allison, and Allison's like, get me the fuck out of this conference room. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Um, uh, Amanda's mad at Jake still for liking or for like being a good friend to Joe. Amanda's just a mess. Amanda's trash. I could go on. I could (gasps) go
1: Oh my god.
2: (laughs) I stand by the statement I just said even though I've made Teej mad. (laughs) She Okay, fine. I will continue. She is... I don't know why she's in a fight with her mom. I don't really understand what's happening. But we're at a country club. And Chaz is there and Amanda's there. And they're having a casual drink together at the bar, which does not seem like a professional relationship to me, Amanda. Um, But they're having a casual drink at the bar and Chaz is like, I didn't think you wanted to be anywhere near me. And Amanda's like, listen, like it's we can just like have a drink. Um they go over to dinner. She sees Jake walk in and Jake is fighting the maitre d' because the maitre d' is like could you put on a fucking tie? Um and Jake's like absolutely not. Why would under I under no circumstances put on a tie? will
1: I be doing that.
2: <laughs> Never in my life have I been asked something so <laughs> crazy. Um <laughs> so Amanda goes over takes the tie and is putting it on him and they're fighting and Jake I, they're they're fighting because Jake whatever is still friends with Joe. Again I don't understand Amanda's stance in all of this but apparently she put on the tie very horribly because Jake like <laughs> barely moves and just like rips it off throws it at her and is like I won't be attending a club that they would never take me as a member. And stomps out. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a way to stomp out. It's not his best line in the world, but it worked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, I don't know how this was. I don't know. This is, this is my favorite part. This is, I think my favorite part of the whole thing. I have to set the scene a little bit. So we go off into other, you know, whatever storylines and it's jake and matt who bring billy home from his (laughs) uh bachelor party hey at least matt got to bring a
1: guy home once
2: (laughs) oh um but i uh so jake has billy on his shoulders matt is helping him walk matt doesn't even come into the apartment matt is you see him only through the window. Jake brings Billy in, throws him on the couch, and then it just goes, Matt is outside. He's like, alright, you, you're you good? Peace out. See ya. <laughs> just dips off. <laughs> Love it, Matt. You got two lines in the whole thing, and you just sprint right out of there. Um, <laughs> but Billy is the one with the loose lips that's like, <laughs> oh god, what did he even say? He was just like, you're not going to tell or Chaz was with us all night and billy looks at allison and is like what the fuck does he mean like why would he bring up Chaz?" and allison's like billy shut the fuck up like billy i swear to god And billy's like no like you're not gonna tell him i know you really want to <laughs> um i would have broken up with him right there if i were allison
0: just give her <laughs> a week.
2: In-
1: give her a week
2: I, I don't know if I'll watch that episode. I don't know if I'm invited next week. Um, but instead, Allison tells Billy or tells Jake what Chaz said, which is that they fucked on this con- conference room floor. Um, and so Jake stomps up to Amanda, st- weirdly storms into the apartment, only to storm right back out two seconds later when Amanda when Amanda's like. I can't believe you would ever think of me that way. Um, slams the door, <laughs> and then they are broken up. I Amanda just didn't have a good look. I just she's I, that's my trash. I, I just I all of it tied up in a little bow of Amanda's hair because it oh my god. Okay, and it's... none of
1: this can stand. <laughs> Mary, we can't stand for this. We do this is not how we view Amanda Woodward on this show. Okay, so first of all, Chaz is the problem here, not Amanda. Second of all, she's mad at Jake because he's done this to her five times in the last month where he stood her up so that he could be with Joe because it's always something with Joe. Oh, my God, I was arrested for first-degree murder. Oh, my God, I'm pregnant with my victim's baby. Oh, my God, I'm going to the abortion clinic. Oh, my God, I'm falling down the stairs while pregnant. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. Joe, hold on. Th,
2: would you yeah. like to... Would you like to restate any of that and maybe sound a little nicer?
1: <laughs> no, no, because Amanda's right to be suspicious of Joe. Also, Jake, while he took Joe on the pretty lady, the boat where she killed her baby's father after she vandalized the boat, he takes her out on the little, leaves her there, doesn't let I'm... her go back in, and then tries to kiss her in front of little Sarah, sweet little Sarah. Wait, who
2: tries to kiss her? Jake does?
1: Jake tried to kiss Joe last week.
2: I so, uh, well So Amanda's picking boat.
1: up on this. Amanda's picking up on all this, right? And so that's why she's okay. suspicious of that. She did not have sex with Chaz. Chaz is lying about that. And Jake-less, literally, okay. So Billy rats out on what had happened. Allison tells the truth, fills Jake in, now that he heard enough to have to know something. Jake looks at her and says, stay out of this, Allison. And then the first thing he says to Amanda is, is it true what Allison just told me?
2: And I was like, that's that's
1: not how you stay out of something or
2: <laughs> I would agree I would agree yeah. with that that Jake did not do the right thing there
1: yeah and Jake assuming Amanda would sleep around on him just because she did it with Billy one time already come on that's not fair <laughs> and I did not notice a problem with Amanda's hair I don't know what I was missing
2: the entire episode apparently <laughs>
1: listen I, <laughs> oh oh <laughs> okay. Oh. the other thing i noticed um, that i appreciated in this storyline um was when jake much like you did to me gail uh jake (laughs) says to amanda you could be a little more understanding (laughs) and jake and amanda (laughs) says i could be more understanding i could be a lot more understanding but where would that get me
2: I have to down because I love that so much.
1: (laughs) She is a badass superstar that is in charge of everything. She did not have a moment of weakness this episode. And she is is not an example of trash for the generations.
2: She did not have a moment of weakness for the episode because she didn't shower. She couldn't even (laughs) figure that out. Apparently she didn't sleep either. I don't know what was going on with her.
1: Well, I think we have the answer to the question of whether or not you're invited back next week.
0: (laughs) Wow. Um, Can I just say I think all of them are wrong? I thought everyone here was a jackass. I thought every single (laughs) person involved in this. I think Allison, listen, I, I get the compulsion to tell the truth, but Allison was being a whiny little bitch about it the whole episode. She clearly wanted to say something to Jake the whole time. Okay, fine. I get it. Billy was an asshole for goading her into it when Jake was in the room, but he also wasn't wrong. She clearly wanted to tell him. So they're both wrong. Jake, while he has, I believe it fairly honorable intentions toward helping Joe. He is being kind of an asshole to Amanda because he does keep flitting out on her and like disappearing and running to the hospital and yada, yada. Amanda, she didn't have sex with Chaz, but she made out with him. We saw him last week. So she is wrong about that. She was catting around on Jake. And so, it's- but that was
1: just to prove a point to mommy.
0: <laughs> to mommy, I thought she got up on the daddy talk, not the mommy talk. I guess both. Uh, as Gail, literally last week, I said I wish Gail was here this week because she would eat this man alive. Because he was even worse last week than he was this week, believe it or not. And he is horrible and horrible. And I just, I he is someone I would punch in the face willingly. Uh, everybody's wrong. Everybody's wrong except maybe Matt, because Matt got out of the room. He dropped Billy on the couch and he left. <laughs> and so he's here. <laughs> Sweet
2: tear, Matt. He really did. He just dipped the fuck out, too. Um, (laughs) I... Okay. Understandable. Everybody is wrong. I would agree with that. Um, (laughs) I would also... I would like to highlight how much more wrong Chaz is. Oh, yeah. Um, Now that I know... Like, I, I did not see episode 29... Um, but if there was nothing to show any type of rape, um, I think Chaz is both wrong in this, but also so are the writers yes. for having that even brought up yeah. in this episode that it is not, like, it is, like, if it is very obviously not rape, then that is, like, a very bad joke. That is a very bad storyline that Chaz should not even be a part of. Um they have
0: used that language before on the show. I remember talking about one of the guys in another situation was like, someone practically raped me. And I was like, this is not, this, the way it is being deployed is not appropriate. And I, maybe it's a relic of the times, but like, I don't like it. I don't like it.
2: Yeah. Do you,
1: do you know what I am noticing? Cause you, you're right. They did it twice in one episode, but I believe they are only doing it in as jokes or plot points where there's insinuating that the woman would rape the man. Yes. and I think that made it comical back then like remember I, I don't know when it was this was right around the time when that Demi Moore movie came out where she was the sexual harasser right Yeah so the, the script hadn't flipped yet so I, I I don't know that they would make a joke about um, Matt raping Billy or Michael raping Sydney um, but they they were clearly very comfortable with jokes about women raping men.
2: Yeah, yeah, they keep doing it. Party yeah, foul, don't. Party f- a lot of fouls.
1: <laughs> okay, can I ask a question?
2: Yeah, how old?
1: You? How old is Chaz? Here's the evidence points. Are you ready? Okay. So, Hillary, Amanda's mother, uh, Gail, which you may not be aware of, they're setting up the, the Hillary and the Chaz storyline is the spinoff from Model Zinc. So that's, okay. that's why Chaz, Hillary, Sarah, and Hank are all here. They're getting ready to start their own show. But we know that Hillary left Amanda when Amanda was 12 years old. That's why Amanda hates her mother. We learned that that was 20 years ago. So now we have an age on Amanda. She's 32. When Chaz applied for the job, one of the reasons he applied for the job is he was young and aggressive. And Amanda said, yeah, a little too aggressive. But he's young, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's young, he's aggressive, he's dating Hillary, and Hillary confirmed that she is twelve years older than Chaz. Okay. So let's do let's do all the math. So Amanda's thirty two, Hillary let's say is twenty years older than Amanda. It's fifty two.
2: Okay. So he's forty.
1: So he's forty, and last week he's telling Amanda that he should have a job as an ad executive because he's young, and aggressive. <laughs>
0: I well, make you feel better, Tej. I'm gonna say... <laughs> <laughs> I say that as someone older than you,
2: so I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> so young and aggressive. That is what I, two words I would use to describe Tej. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I will also point out, as I pointed out earlier, I am the daughter of an accountant, so math is not my strong area because it's not hereditary, but I trust measurements of his age. He doesn't look that young to me either, quite frankly. He doesn't look younger than Amanda, like the person playing him.
1: Yeah, that seemed to be what they were implying, but they got got all their
0: numbers mixed up. You mean the writers of this show didn't totally think something through before they did?
1: I don't like what you're insinuating. Maybe they, maybe they just have an A team and a B team. I don't know. Well, uh, is <laughs> there anything else you've, you that you, we didn't discuss that you'd like to point out?
2: Absolutely. Hold on.
1: Okay. Go ahead. I, while you're pulling that up, I would just like to point out that uh, Chaz has been working at D and D for a week, and Hillary asked Amanda, "How's it been going?" Chaz says he's already in line for vice president. <laughs>
0: He's so young and not ambitious. What was the word? Aggressive? Aggressive, yeah. Aggressive. Look how
2: aggressive he is. I think the, the thesis of what I wanted to bring up is that I just could do without Michael. The entire storyline of Michael. Really? Um, I just, I'm, I, when we have to get back to him speaking, I'm always a little disappointed and a little sad. And like it, just I just know that I want him dead, and I know that Kimberly is not going to kill him. Like I know that he's just going to like come back more. Um, without having seen the show, I can just tell that he's one of those type of men. Um, so I just could do without him.
1: Gail, I have That's a philosophical Melrose Place to real life question for you. Can't wait. There are there are multiple types of sexist jerks. But there are two that I'd like to, to raise. One is the, the explicit chauvinist of Michael Mancini, right? Like, doesn't hide mm-hmm. it. You know exactly what kind of jag he is. It's just out mm-hmm. there on display. The other is Jake Hansen, who mm. regularly, regularly displays sexist beliefs and attitudes. He, uh, you know, his, his girlfriend ex-girlfriend was a stalking victim. And he said, but I thought you flirted with him. As though it was then her fault that someone broke into her apartment. Oh, anyway, and left lily pads in the pool, <laughs> which. Like, but he, but he, he comes off at other times as this knight in shining armor to protect the damsel in distress. Which type of sexist jerk is worse to deal with? The one where you see what's coming at all the, at all times, or the one where you're like, "Where the fuck did that come from?"
2: Um. The one that I see coming. I, uh, as you have told me in past episodes, I don't like men. Um, <laughs> which is true. I don't. Um, but I find it so much harder in my day-to-day life to even pretend to respect someone like michael like i feel like i'm fairly good at pretending i like people i've gotten away with it for many many years um (laughs) would would you
1: like to name names
2: i would not (laughs) um no thank you but uh i like my face can't hide it that well. I just can't hide it from people like that. That I just like. I don't have. I don't have time to like deal with men like that. I don't have time to deal with men like Jake either. To be fair, um, but at least with like guys like Jake, there is a way to, I guess, manipulate their need to be the knight in shining armor, mm. um, for mm-hmm. lack of a. Not even for lack of anything. They're just dumb. Um, so they're easy <laughs> to play, I guess. Okay. Well good. Say about that. Not that I was asked, but uh
1: <laughs>
2: Wow. Um, wow. <laughs>
1: I just feel like one woman's opinion is enough.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's
1: Gail was Gail was speaking for all women.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> um I would agree with gail i will say in jake's defense i do think jake has shown moments of growth when female characters have pushed back he doesn't always get it right he doesn't always absorb it as far as he should into his brain but i do at moments see like he he kind of is capable of learning from things whereas a guy like michael he just thinks women are there to like have sex with and that's basically it that's your sole purpose and so you're not gonna you're not gonna move the needle there so i mean if i had to pick two, i would also pick the more jakeish because again gail is right they're probably easier to manipulate and predict too
1: well gail we've come to that point <laughs> where we need you to vote on whether or not this episode of malrose place was high art for the generations or just another yeah. trashy soap opera and that's okay
0: oh oh wait could i interject yeah. one thing yeah I- or point we didn't get to i'm so sorry um actually two things uh okay so the boys are out at the bachelor party and i think sarah and joe and allison are having a sleepover it's a little unclear and they're talking about blah 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 um uh allison really wants to talk more about how horrible amanda is than anything else and she's like trying to like tell joe like you and jake should get back together you're perfect together you know i lost billy to amanda once and- Got engaged, so I mind Jake and Amanda are not a done deal. And she goes, Come on, Joe, just one shove, one little shove. And I'm like, Joe got shoved down the stairs last week. <laughs> 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 <Where are> you <laughs> like, I don't know. And my other favorite team we talked about this, it's when Amanda comes for Allison at the office. Holy shit, I forgot this happened. So this is after Allison has told Jake that she saw Amanda and Chaz kissing. Allison is waiting in the conference room with a big smile on her face. She's like, I'm all ready for the presentation. (laughs) And she literally, the last time she saw Amanda was when Jake was running up the stairs to break up with her last night. So I don't know why she's smiling. Amanda comes in and the way they set up the shot is the best thing in the whole episode because they have the camera outside the conference room and they're tracking it. And Amanda is walking right up and out. Face. And Allison is backing up and backing up like she's going to fall over. She's grabbing onto chairs. chair. She grabs the table to steady herself. Amanda's coming at her like a goddamn barracuda. And Amanda's like, you deliberately destroyed my relationship with Jake. You didn't come to me first. You didn't ask for an explanation. You took Chaz's word. You made a big knife and you shoved it in my back. And of all your neurotic, stupid antics, this is the worst, Allison. And Allison's like, I just said. And Amanda cuts her off. She's like, shut up. And I was like, finally, someone has said this to Allison. Oh, my God. And uh, Amanda goes on. Chaz is gone. He's fired. My instinct was to fire you, too. But on reflection, I think that's too easy. No, I'm going to do you the way you did me. And when I'm done, all you'll be left with is the proverbial wish that you'd never been born. Now I believe we have clients waiting. And Allison's look on her face is like, holy shit, what have I done? It was amazing.
1: Okay. Um, the, The only thing I will say, Allison didn't say I saw them kissing. Allison said... I believe they had sex in the conference room. That's what Jas told
2: me. <laughs> yeah. Allison was wrong. Absolutely. Allison should not have said what she said. She should have stuck to what she actually saw. Um, my big question about all of this is that as someone who was not in the workforce in the nineties, was there just not an HR department? Like, no. how can Amanda yeah, like can you hire somebody? How- how can she fire someone like that after with with like no fear of retaliation of like th- that was a power dynamic no matter who was the per- first person to kiss the other one like she was the boss and like that's a that's a lawsuit
1: um no there was no there was no hr department at D advertising <laughs>
2: nope <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Thank you for
1: answering my question. <laughs> so Gail, we are ready for your vote?
2: Um I do have one comment before I vote. We all know my vote. It's trash. Um <laughs> I wanted I just noticed this and I was wondering if you either of you had noticed it either, but the the doorknob and the locking mechanism
1: Are you kidding me right in- now?
2: No, I'm not. I'm not. In Amanda's apartment is so different from the other apartments. Like, hers is shiny How do, how do you know you're
1: getting older? <laughs> and, <laughs> this is what you notice in prime time hot network television shows. You're like, you know, the, the hardware on the door, though, was really quite nice. The
2: hard, well, okay. So, no. No, no, no. No. Because we see... In the episode, in every other episode I've watched, we, like, very visibly see someone, like, lock the extra deadbolt and put on the little chain and lock three other fucking locks that are on these doors. Um, my apartment door barely locked, by the way, when I had one. But apparently in this apartment you get six of them. Except for Amanda's. Amanda only has one lock. Everyone else has at least three locks to their door. And they're like old apartment like standard. And hers are like brand new gold and like much less secure. That is my that's my statement. Um wondering if anybody else noticed that. Uh, leave a nope, comment nope, nobody noticed it.
1: Nope.
2: Po- nope. <laughs> leave a comment on the <laughs> podcast if you <laughs> did notice this. I trust that Tish and Mary will get it back to me. I would love to talk door hardware with any of you folks out there. Um <laughs> And uh, my vote is that this episode I have I'm sorry, T i am sorry I know I had two art points, but the gist of this entire episode was just garbage. it was it was trash. I loved it. beautiful, beautiful trash um but not not art for the generations. I'm sorry the finest probably trash, because the finest trash <laughs> probably because G string was in the title. <laughs>
1: maybe maybe that was a tell
2: (laughs) yeah maybe
1: all right well gail this has been um i
0: mean
2: it's been
1: an it's been an episode
2: (laughs) it's been all right
1: it's been delightful thank you for joining us gail
0: thank you gail i'm always so happy
2: when you're here because i know that you won't
0: put up with tige's shit (laughs) thank you
2: (laughs) I am so honored to be back again. This was wonderful. I uh, love to discuss the finer points of the Melrose Place uh, world with both of you on any given day. So I cannot wait to see if I get invited back again sometime. (laughs) Um, I will be waiting patiently. And for all of my fans out there, uh, please get back to me On Your Door hardware. (laughs) Mine is oil rubbed bronze. I don't deal with fingerprints. But if you do, yes. I'd like to hear about that.
1: And any emails about this to MelrosePlacecast at gmail.com. We will get to Gail. Guys. Gail, have have a delightful week. Uh, it's Monday at 5 a.m. right now. So um I hope your your work week goes well.
2: Oh, thank you. I do too.
0: This week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is generously supported by the following sponsor. Attention, Melrose Place residents. Are you sick of shooters? Tired of the same old pool tables? Are you bored with their chocolate milk and jalapeno poppers? Have you been living in this neighborhood for three years, but you've never walked outside of a two-block radius of your apartment, Do so you literally think there's only one bar in all of Los Angeles? Well, have we got news for you. There's another bar. There's another
2: what? bar. Where? What?
0: Come on down to the eight ball sports bar holy crap you've never heard of the eight ball sports bar we are literally, literally right around the corner do you not have eyes how, <laughs> how have you not seen this sign you've walked past here like a thousand times my god what is wrong with you oh anyway.
1: You, you really know how to reel in loyal customers
0: don't you <laughs> it's it's all about getting attention in advertising i learned that from chaz sure anyway Uh, We've got everything you like about Shooters, only it's a slightly different location, a few thousand feet away. Uh, Our jalapeno poppers come from Costco, not Sam's Club. (laughs) Our pool tables are arranged in a large rectangle, not a small rectangle. And our chocolate milk is served from cartons, not from those weird plastic bags you put in a pitcher like at Shooters. What's up with that? Milk out of a plastic bag? Whatever. Stop on down on Tuesday night for our all new high school punch out night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I know they let high schoolers in to shoot, but here at what's it called the Eight Ball Sports Bar, everyone eighteen. Stop on by. You can play some pool. You can sip some of our milk from a carton, and you can get into a <laughs> fight- You can get into a fight with any older guys you want. We don't care. As a matter of fact. Our bartenders keep a set of what we call Hollywood meat slappers handy so they can slap some steaks together to make your punches really pop. Have your friends (laughs) support you and put it on Instagram. You'll get all kinds of of followers, right? That's the word. 8-Ball Sports Bar. Our slogan is, there's another bar.
1: My my goodness. I've got so many questions. Um, First, it's an 18 and up high school punch-out night?
0: Yeah, Tuesdays. Tuesdays are high school.
1: To be clear, I'm asking for Gail, not for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but can, can they be a little nakey? Just a little nakey.
0: <laughs> as long as they're over 18, we can't stop them.
1: Okay, good, good, good. Um, what is this meat slapping?
0: Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know if you've... If, sometimes when there's fights in movies, it, mm-hmm. there's really loud like slapping sound. It sounds like two steaks are getting slapped together. And that's because someone is slapping two steaks together to make the sound effect so that it sounds more dramatic. And that's why our bartenders keep the Hollywood meat slappers right up there at the bar. So when they see these fights break out, they just start slapping the meat in times with, in time with the punches. So it's much more exciting. And the sound will really pick up on your friend's phone when they're recording it to put it on Instagram. Uh, Or TikTok. Like TikTok. They're going to put it on TikTok.
1: So is this where the phrase got beef comes from? Like I've got beef with you.
0: Yeah. That's where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, so meat. although high just, school,
1: high school punch out of, night, oh, you can slap
0: your kinds of meat. You don't have to slap beef. Also um, tofu would probably make a pretty good slapping sound. If you got the consistency, just right. You have to know we're going to, nah, I'm
1: going to test that and I will let you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So to be clear, here's, here's what you're offering now: huh? high school punch out night, 18 and up can't stop him from being kind of naked, per gale per gale
0: listen we have the, the sign on the door that says no shirt no shoes no service but if you're in the middle of a fight your shirt comes off we're i mean we're not going to get in the middle of that
1: okay so over 18 you can be naked, rolling around on a pool table with an older gentleman
0: as long as and you're someone
1: and someone will slap your meat for you
0: yeah they're going to slap that meat also, you can you, you, you can you can fight on the pool tables, but you can't damage them. So if we notice you're you're pounding too hard or thrusting too hard, we'll ask you I to please step up. away from the pool table. <laughs> okay. You're like a fire more and more. I can tell.
1: <laughs> I'll be there every Tuesday <laughs> with G- for Gail for Gail.
0: Yeah, with, we don't want Gail to go alone because she might get hit on by someone like Michael Mancini, and we wouldn't. She wouldn't like that.
1: I don't think any of us would like what happens next.
0: <laughs> That's what everyone seems to think until it happens. <laughs> so wait, seriously how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are
1: there? <laughs> I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season
0: so there's how many reboot seasons
1: just the one so far
0: so far okay.
1: but there's also but then mary there's the the amazon has the true story of melrose place movie that we should cover
0: oh god how long yeah
1: are- and and uh, model uh, models inc has to be covered too
0: wait what the hell is models inc
1: it, it's a two season spinoff
0: of what what do they of, of
1: melrose place from the lady from dynasty was on it i think
0: Lady from Dynasty, my god, this was like a whole industry.
1: And I do think 90210, to get to understand where this show came from, is probably worth exploring.
0: I, I don't know if I agree with that.
1: <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Allie McBeal.
0: Does it have anything to do with the content of Melrose Place?
1: I just feel like, how do you really want to be an expert in this or not?
0: I mean, I think you know the answer to that.
2: <laughs> okay, so we're in for all of it.
0: <laughs> oh, god.